Irish Illustrated Insider is sponsored by VisitSouthBend.com. Is it time to check a Notre Dame home game off your bucket list? Has it been too long since you've soaked in the game day atmosphere in person? Whether it's for the first time ever or in a while, start planning your trip to South Bend to watch the Fighting Irish with ideas and inspiration at VisitSouthBend.com. You're listening to Irish Illustrated Insider. I'm Tim Priester with Tim O'Malley from Irish Illustrated, joined by Pete Sampson of The Athletic. And this is a week that uh, we all have waited for. We'll have another one of those coming up in October when USC comes to town. But for now, it's Nordame, Ohio State. And this one's a lot more unique. Nordame's only, uh, Nordame and Ohio State have squared off just five times since 1936. All five of those games have been won by Ohio State by double digits. Uh, but a double digit, even a single digit loss will not be enough for Notre Dame this time. They need to win a football game like this. I know they've beaten Clemson at home and those have been huge wins, but Ohio State's a little bit different. Ranked number six, Notre Dame number nine. Let's dive into this uh, this matchup, guys. Tim O'Malley? Yeah, it's it's funny you say five. I, for some reason, I know that, but I try to count in my head. I'm like, it's got to be more than five. And it just seems like it because they have big matchups against Ohio State that don't go their way. Um, I don't want to trample over a question, but this is definitely the one where rational fans can think going in. Yeah, Notre Dame. Notre Dame has a good shot here. This this is the one where you can think that maybe maybe 05. Uh, with Brady Quinn before that game started, you certainly, it was a two point spread. You certainly would think they had a chance of winning. If you dissected it closely, you would pick Ohio state, but I thought they could win that game. Last year was a pat on the back. You played great. There is no pat on the back. You play great this time. Right. This And right. there should, and there should not be because of the obvious reasons we've talked about Sam. Hart no, they, should, they shouldn't start the, the students shouldn't storm the field, but they probably will if Nordheim wins and that that's fine. But that should be the last one of those for a while. I mean, I, you know, like I'm not like it, that would be awesome, and everybody feel great, and they should do that. But you know what I mean? I mean, it, it, if they, if I that, bet they would do it against USC if they beat USC. Yeah, they probably would yeah. too, and they and they should too because that would be that would be awesome. Never mind, forget what I said, Pete Sampson. Yeah. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta say, gonna after, say, after all the students leave Tim Priester's lawn, um, then they can storm <laughs> the field. Now, run. Yeah. The, now, I, let's just let, I, from a Notre Dame perspective, let's just hope that they're. Two fields to storm coming up here in the next few weeks. Yeah, it's uh I mean, you think back to last year's game, they you know, Notre Dame had like if you think like what's the path to victory last year for Notre Dame, it's okay, uh block two punts and have a pick six. Like it it barely existed. Um, and I felt that way against some other Ohio State matchup games. You know, I felt that way when they went down to Georgia, certainly when they played Alabama. Like this doesn't feel at all like that. Um, this, I mean, I under Notre Dame is a deserved underdog and if they win, technically it will be an upset, but they just, there's on, they're on even footing, uh, or as close as they're going to get to even footing, uh, with Ohio state. So this, to me, this game has some, like, if not now, when vibes, um, and I feel like in my time covering Notre Dame, when that happens, usually that the time is now when it happens. In, in Notre Dame won't. I, I this is I, I find this to be an interesting angle. Think about how Notre Dame approached the Ohio State game last year, where you know people are saying they tried not to lose. I mean that's exactly that's exactly how they yeah. approached. It. They are not going to approach it that way this year. And it was smart though. Don't they, you think? What's that? Don't you think that was smart with Tyler Buckner? Oh no, absolutely. Yeah. It was the right way to go. But uh, yeah. the the program has advanced enough, and you have Sam, right. Sam Hartman. And likewise, when they play USC, the way they dealt with Caleb Williams after what they just did with Brennan Armstrong, they won't deal with that situation the same way either. They'll have a much better approach. But yeah, absolutely, Tim. That was the right way to go about it. Um, and you hung in the game. You had a shot. You couldn't close the deal. In the second half, you just couldn't get in the end zone often enough. But uh, yeah, you know it's yeah, as you say, Pete. Yeah, it's as close to uh, equal footing. The talent level, Nordheim has narrowed the gap. I, I don't think there's any doubt that they've just overall narrowed the gap from where they've been in some of these recent recent battles. But uh, no, close doesn't count here. Have to win. Uh, get, I agree. A deserved underdog. But I think Notre Dame has a very good chance to win. And I think more importantly, and this is, you know, it's just talk and I can't measure it exactly, but from the people that that I've spoken to, and Pete, I'm sure you have as well, 
Notre Dame absolutely believes that they're going to win this football game. Yeah, yeah I mean, no doubt. It, at this it, point, the Cle- I think the Clemson game is the reason they do, though. I th- that yeah. they've broken through. Clemson was ten and zero and ranked favored by three points yeah. and ranked number four in the country. I know people have dismissed that game because we just look at Clemson as not quite being a playoff team last year, which they were not quite a playoff team. They were ten and zero, number four, and it was a pretty big deal. I felt more confident Notre Dame would beat Clemson. And that was a worse Clemson team than I do this game. Um, I haven't thought all offseason Notre Dame would beat Ohio State, but I see the other side a lot more in Ohio State than I did Clemson. I, if you're just pointing at a five-star quarterback who's a junior coming into his own as Notre Dame's main advantage with Sam Hartman, that's worrisome a little bit because he can play well. Kyle McCord can play well in this game. This is not Drew Pine playing quarterback for Ohio State against Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to. I feel like. I am kind of underestimating him a little bit, but I also have seen the bad of Kyle McCord sure, season. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and he has he had he has taken a step up, but it's happened against uh Youngstown State and Western Kentucky. The 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 issue is, and just like having Sam Hartman making Notre Dame's receivers better, clearly Marvin Harrison and Mecca yes. Abuka can make can make um Kyle McCord look better. And they also have Fleming and they also have uh, Stover, uh, that you know they've got they've got more proven weapons than, than Notre Dame does, but uh, yeah, and I agree with you, Tim, that you felt you felt more convinced that that Notre Dame was going to beat Clemson. Ohio yeah. State's a different. This is one of the bedrocks of the college football history. Uh, you just this is a little bit different uh, than than a Clemson, even though we know that Clemson was a powerhouse and still can't be this year. They were an odd mess at quarterback. We weren't a hundred percent fully sure how bad of a mess they were, and they were yeah. a mess at quarterback. Last and year. look, they they beat Clint. Like I don't want to take anything away from the Clemson performance, but that included a block punt touchdown, a pick six. Um, you know, it was a it was a weird confluence of events that like let the night feel the way that it did. Um, yeah, you, know, you can't bank on that Saturday night because like you never bank on that going into a game. Like, but. Notre Dame shouldn't have to rely on those kind of moments to win. Um, you know, maybe in the same way they beat Clemson the first time with uh right Owusu Koromoa stolen pitch for a touchdown. Um, so I I think Notre Dame can go toe to toe with Ohio State and they have earned the right to believe that they will win the game. McCord is a little bit vulnerable though to a to a big mistake like that coming into Notre Dame Stadium. Yeah, it'd be great if it happened, I, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't yeah, I don't know what uh what uh i don't even know what the name of indiana stadium is <laughs> it's not hoosier stadium but i'm sure it wasn't i'm it's sure assembly hall tim we're just yeah, it's assembly hall i That's think right? just yeah assembly. okay uh that one i know that one that one comes to mind but um yeah yeah i mean mccord walking into this situation it's uh it's a lot different and you know ryan day is wow people talk about ryan day on the hot seat with his 48 and 6 record uh because he's lost to michigan two in a row after having beaten Michigan two in a row. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're, they're a better program. Their receivers are dynamic. Their defensive line is very good, but their offensive line is vulnerable. You know, they, they had three draft picks, first rounder, fourth rounder, sixth rounder that went to the NFL this past year. And that, that offensive line has not really played cohesive football. They haven't run the football particularly well. They did go over 200, against Western Kentucky. And we all know what Henderson and Williams and Trainum are capable of doing, but the offensive line's not quite there yet for them. Do you think Notre Dame's offensive line is as good as its statistics, efficiency to statistics, yards per carry and all that? Um, I know there's three, three teams that can't stop them, but there's one that could and Notre Dame ended up yeah. having a really good yeah. day against them. Pete, what do you think about that? Uh, no, I don't know what their efficiency statistics are. I just don't think that they're as good as whatever those numbers would suggest. Yeah, they are. Um, they have very good rush efficiency and your sack adjusted. Yard I, I think Notre Dame is a good run blocking offensive line. I think that they're struggling, uh, in pass pro and like if Notre Dame loses, uh, it's going to be because of what's coming on the A and the B gaps to Sam Hartman's right. Uh, yeah, that's, 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 that's where I'm like, too. Because that's like that just creates this cascade of of bad vibes for Notre Dame, where you're putting your quarterback in danger for one. Um, maybe you're getting into and long situations. Um, 
what do you need if you're going to take deep shots? You need time to sit back there and throw the ball. Um, I'm not sure how much of that time Sam Hartman is going to be afforded on Saturday night. Well, they love to blitz. They'll, they'll blitz Eichenberg a ton. They'll blitz blitz their safeties and the 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 player up front that they want to put in an either-or situation, an either-or decision who to block is Rocco Spindler. I think Rocco Spindler has yeah. been good as a run blocker, but as a pass blocker, it's been uh, – it's been a, it's been a, a bit of trouble for them. It's an interesting dynamic for me that we all feel Notre Dame has a really good chance of winning or favor Notre Dame to win a game when we are saying the quarterback is the main reason, but we're concerned about the offensive line protecting the main reason. Does that make sense? Like you, everything we're saying can go wrong when Sam Hartman's under constant. If Sam Hartman's under constant duress, it's not, the, no one, I mean, no the season almost way. ended last week. Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. That was when Sam Hartman's knee got pinned and twisted around. Like that was it. Um, so I I just think that you can scheme like if you're Jared Parker, I think you'd concede, all right, our protection is not where I want it to be to take deep shots. So then you you just have to adjust accordingly, you know, more quick game, more intermediate stuff, uh, maybe more outside run, move the pocket around. Um and I think that they've done a pretty good job of adapting to that. Um, but you've really got to have a whip smart game plan to to lean into that on Saturday if you're Parker. And and Jared Parker has to have that whip smart scheme and game plan against Jim Knowles, who's in his second year as defensive coordinator. And we've always talked about second year. Notre Dame's better defensive. They're better in the red zone with Al Golden in the second year. I don't think that 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 that's an accident. So huge opportunity for Jared Parker. I mean, if you put up if you score in the if you score in the 30s, uh Jared Parker probably did something really special. Um we did uh we did speak with Marcus Freeman a little bit ago. He declared Mitchell Evans to have practiced all week and ready to go. I uh, we had heard stuff about Gabriel Rubio during the week and that he hit the ground running on Tuesday, came out of it fine on Wednesday. They still have today's Thursday practice, but it sounds like those two guys are ready to go. That's huge. Rubio, we've talked about it now for a couple of weeks. It's just that that extra big body in there, uh, as opposed to, you know, a Donovan Heinish. I agree with you, Tim. We want to see a lot of Donovan Heinish more in 24 than we do in 23. He's just going to be bigger and stronger and better prepared. And and even more not against a bigger offensive line. Like they can, as you mentioned earlier in the week, was it Monday, Tim? You feel like they could kind of wash out at, at times another yeah. front. I'd rather have Rubio in there when so that, that definitely a bit. and he's yeah. you know, he's he's mobile enough that he can work his way down the line to make a play. Yeah, yeah that's like Heinish is not ready for this kind of game yet. Um, that's fine. But I also think like Evans was an underrated loss last week because it just like it creates this. Like you're okay, you move up, holding stays. You kind of feel good, like not as good as a run blocker, but a better passer. But then it's like there's too much Davis Sherwood or too much Cooper Flanagan. Um, and if you're really, if again, how do you protect Sam Hartman? You can run the ball more efficiently. Mitchell Evans is a big part of your run game success. Yeah. Um, he's a much better blocker than Holden stays. So to have uh, Evans available on on Saturday, I think is is really significant. Whether whether he's targeted or catches a pass or not. Yeah, uh, Tim, I, Pete, I don't know if you were there at that time, but a couple of weeks ago, Tim, when you and I were talking to Parker, he talked about Evans and his run fits. And yeah, yeah. now those, those are things that that most people don't pay a whole lot of attention to. But, I mean, a run fit against a defensive line like this that is held, let's see, what have they done? Indiana rushed for... Uh, 71 yards on 33 carries. Youngstown State rushed for actually 99 yards on 33 carries. That's probably pretty good for them. And then Western Kentucky had uh, 80 yards on 33 carries. So, <laughs> you know, it's Nordame's looking for something in the 150s and above, I would think, at least in this situation. And, run, and, and, and little things, quote, little things like run fits from your big tight end are very, very important. I honestly think you're in the 200 range is what you have to have. Not have to have because Sam Hartman can throw for 330. But yeah. 150, I don't think. Yeah, I hate to put a number on. I don't, I no, I don't want to. I don't either. I just yeah. it just feels. I hate numbers on it. It feels low. Uh, 
So right now, Notre Dame is averaging, Pete, if you're wondering, they are sack-adjusted yards per carry. They've been over six every game, including NC State. And you can say, well, Audrey Estime had an 80-yarder. Of course he did. That's what happens. You break, you break long runs when guys commit to you and you break them at the second level. He's going to have another long run at some point. Their first down average is what's going to be interesting. Um, I did a story on this. It comes out later. So Notre Dame in their four games per first down snap is averaging 8.8, 8.2, 7.2, and 10.5 on first down snaps. Wow. It's a big improvement over Ohio State last year. Yes. <laughs> when it was 0.53. Oh, no, that was Stanford. That was Stanford, actually. Um, now, Ohio State, I, I had to look at the flip side of this, has given up 3.6 on first down rushes, which is actually worse than their overall average. Notre Dame would almost take that. Yeah, I think you would too. And 2.7 yards per pass on first down Ohio State. I mean, that doesn't include picks. So they're, I mean, when Tim says he likes the under, all the numbers point there. It's just so many athletes make it tough. You know, there's enough athletes out there where where touchdowns happen when yardage doesn't. But Tim, the 150 seems... I hate numbers. We we have no way of knowing. Yeah, I don't this. even know why. I said it doesn't that. seem I, right. You know what I mean? It's it's like yeah. they. I feel like they won't control the game if they have one fifty. Is that fair? Well, what did they, they against uh, against NC State? They had one seventy, but eighty of them came on one. Mm. Run. Would you take one seventy with eighty of them coming on with one? Eighty or touchdown? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's fine. There's right, there, there's so, two ways of getting it. <laughs> all right. So last thing, help me. What what the hell is Steez? Is that steady and the common the, the nickname for Hartman? Do you know, Pete? No, I don't. I have no it's, comment on this. <laughs> Steez. I think it's steady and something, another word that has to do with him being a. No, I think it's ease is easy. Uh, okay. Okay. That's right. That's right. So it's some, not steady. It's like uh, styling and easy. Style, uh, style and ease, style and ease. You're just going to have to read it, the It's story a compliment, time. so it's not steady. <laughs> they wouldn't use steady for a compliment. No, no, you're right. Anyway, someone will have the answer to it. I don't know why I even asked because I really don't. Well, you did ask another question. Memorial Stadium is I use football stadium. Oh, right. oh, one, of 16, one of 16 in college football. Memorial Stadium? Yes. Yeah. You would think I would know that. I'm very excited to announce our new partnership with Underdog Fantasy. We decided to partner with Underdog because it's the easiest place to play fantasy sports. It's also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Underdog Fantasy has a lot to offer, including their Pick'em game. In Pick'em, you pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. It's so easy to play. Just pick two to five stats of your favorite players and choose whether they'll go higher or lower. You can multiply 20 times your money by going five for five. They also have a best ball mania. If you think you know football, you've got to check this one out. This year's Best Ball Mania has 15 million in total prizes up for grabs with the winner taking home 3 million. So sign up today with promo code IRISH and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store. And don't forget to register with my promo code IRISH to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. You must be 18 or older and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Segment two coming up, burning up the boards. If you're coming to a game this season, you have to check out Game Day Your Way, the official tailgate service provider of Notre Dame. Game Day Your Way offers everything you need, including tailgate gear, catering, and even beverage delivery right to your spot. And their Irish Express transportation from Chicago allows you to tailgate while you travel to their all-inclusive party zone in South Bend. Let Game Day deal with all the hassle so you can focus on the fun. For tailgates, tickets, transportation, and more, visit gamedayyourway.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
Some things are just made for each other, like tailgates and touchdowns. We're adding one more pair to the list, Aer Lingus and college football. Join us in Dublin this August for the Aer Lingus College Football Classic. Too soon? Plan your winter or spring break now with non-stop flights from cities including Chicago, Boston, Los Angeles and New York. Fly in comfort to Dublin, our European hub. Go coast to coast and discover the sights of Ireland or explore any of the 50 plus European cities we connect to, including Amsterdam, London, Paris and Rome. Visit Aerlingus.com to book today. Welcome back to segment two, Burning Up the Boards. Our first question is for ND Irish 2321 and I think it's going to be directed to Pete Sampson. What percentage of the stadium will be green? Give us a little background as to why you're the man to answer this, Pete. So I had a big story on The Athletic uh, this week about sort of Notre Dame's ticketing strategy uh, to prevent a Georgia replay from 2017. We were all there for that. Um, I think going into that game, there was like, oh, is this going to look like Nebraska? And we're like, no, no, I, I, there's no way it's going to look like Nebraska. And then it looked like Nebraska. Um, and so I wanted to know, okay, Notre Dame – the athletic department, like, what can you do about this? Um, and they had also been thinking about that for the past year about how do you stop tickets from going to single game markets? Um, so they can't be bought and sold by, you know, people outside of like, like the Notre Dame community. Uh, how, how do you seat Ohio state fans? So there's not one big red block that shows up on television. It's, it's easy to take photos of, um, you know, how do you try to drive up season ticket renewals? Cause those people are less likely to sell their tickets historically. Um, you know, and then how do you, you know, bring down the threshold of tickets that individuals can buy. So then they, they have to essentially buy them to use them. And like, I was fairly impressed with how much Notre Dame had thought all this through. Um, they're, they're also of the mindset that like, look at the, at the end of the day or the beginning of the night, what matters is Notre Dame fans deciding they want to show up to the game instead of selling their ticket. Um, there's only so much Notre Dame can do, but uh, Notre Dame as they sort of their ticketing department, as they track what's being bought and sold, like they, they can see every ticket as it moves and how many times it moves and who's moving it. Um, the sections where there's been the most movement on resale on the secondary market are Ohio state section. So there is, I think there's reason for optimism that Notre Dame will have a home field advantage on Saturday night, you know, 75, 25, um, you know, that's ideally you'd like that to be more like 90, 10. Um, but I just, I don't think that's realistic with the Ohio state fan base and, and the, the plan with the led bracelets. How do you, how do you, and I think it that impacting, I, you know, I think it's probably something that builds for USC in the future when people see how it looks. Cause like, I mean, what Notre Dame wants to do is like, if you hold a ticket, the value of it is more than just watching the game. It's the experience before it's the experience after it's the experience like during with these bracelets, it's other things going on on campus. Um, that's Notre Dame's bet is that they want to make it. If you have a ticket, they want your question not to be economic. How much money can I make from this and more experiential? What am I going to miss out on if I don't go to this? Um, and I think this is, not something that's going to be solved in one game, um, but I, I do give them credit for working on it. I think the the best – oh, that's great, Pete. You saying that, though, is 99% better than I thought Notre Dame was doing before you wrote your story on it. You know, it's yeah. it's, it's got that feeling. It, it has always had the feeling of like, well, other people want to come to our stadium. They're just going to come yes. to our stadium. And that I'm is with you on that. That is great. That is not the case because that was the case. It was, oh, well, Cincinnati's traveling. It's a big game. Huh? Georgia, Georgia's a big game. This is, they're coming. I mean, stop them from coming. This is like, what What was, Notre, I didn't look enough last year. Notre Dame, unfortunately, wears blue and green. What do you think Notre Dame got into that stadium last year? Was it 90-10 or 85? Like, we're all at road games. Do you ever remember going to a road game and thought like, wow, Notre Dame's fan base really turned out here more than the the two sections that they would have? I, I can't remember one. I can't either, but they always travel well. They travel yes. well, but they don't. I've never noticed where they like, you know, Florida State 02, uh, because I was in the stands actually. Um, and Pete, you covered the game. Yeah. They, I feel like the 10,000 or so that were there took over 
the television broadcast of the game when Notre Dame jumped all over them. I don't really recall thinking I was in a giant green section actually. Um, but I don't recall thinking that the whole place was green or anything like that. I do remember Notre Dame fans really being at the Florida state game in 2002. You know, when USC is bad um, and Notre Dame's good, I think mm. you can really get a Notre Dame vibe in those kinds of games. Like 2012 would have been one of those. Right, um, right. But that's I nothing remotely close to Georgia or even Cincinnati. If I felt on the road from from a Notre Dame fan base showing up, so you say we're we're looking at approximately sixty thousand Notre Dame fans and twenty thousand Ohio State fans. Yeah, and even that, like when you put a number on it, that sounds it makes bad. me think it will actually be yes. less than that. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, Ohio State has 5,000 tickets per the terms of the deal. Um, so there will be at least 5,000 there. I, you know, 10 you, to you 12. They don't more than double that, right? You can't. I, I feel like they'll get 10 in. Um, but, you know, and then if it's because if it's 10 in, then you're talking out. like 85, 15. Is that would that be the percentage? That's fine. On that? That, that's fine. If it's 85. I think that I think if it looks like if it looks like a Clemson game. Mm-hmm. That is the Clemson game from two years or last year. Like that to me would be a huge win for Notre Dame's ticketing office and and frankly the fan base too for for showing up. And the LED green light, I mean that's I'm interested to see just how that looks. I don't know how much that actually impacts the game, but it probably will look cool. Red. Yeah, I mean well, the light it, the light show at Georgia stayed with us for a while. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, oh it looks God. so good that Notre Dame added it. A <laughs> I was going to say, it has stayed with Notre Dame through this coming weekend, in fact, apparently, because Notre Dame's added it to the situation. Everything about George's presentation was incredible. I mean, two hours before the game, there's there's organized cheering sections and, okay, now it's time to do this and then this cheer and then we do that now. And it that was that was pretty impressive. Our next question comes from NIL Rules. That's Rules with a Z. Marcus Freeman might not be able to talk about these guys, but you can. Gerby Lambert and Deuce Knight in the same week. Yeah, I really excited about Gerby Lambert because I, I, you know, I, I think that that's a guy that he has all the tools to be as good as he wants to be. I, I, I really believe that. Um, I wasn't. I know a lot of Notre Dame fans weren't sure that it was going to go Notre Dame's way, whether it was Boston College or maybe Harvard. Uh, he seemed to drag his feet a little bit, but big call for Notre Dame. I think he has, I mean, just to put it, I've said it before. I think he has first round draft pick ability. Um, he's got to clean some things up, but I mean, as far as what he's capable of doing toolbox wise, he has it all. And then in terms of, you know, Deuce Knight's a lot different than that, a real project physically, um, really good athlete, great length free and easy throwing motion. It's going to have to, it's going to have to spend at least a couple of years getting strong enough to, to be ready to play the position. And he still, they still won't need him to be the quarterback at that point. So uh, very high ceiling uh, floors lower than, than bear Bachmeyer. I mean, I thought bear Bachmeyer was a guy that certainly physically would be ready well before Deuce Knight, but do you, do you need the 25 quarterback to be ready that soon? You probably don't considering. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's Lambert is just sort of next in the factory line of offensive yeah. linemen at Notre Dame. Um, that's great. Yeah. I agree. He's got all the potential in the world. Um, you know, with, with night, like to me, it's, that's three classes in a row where you've gone out and got, a top guy. I realized the process to get to Kenny Minchie was that was a very bumpy road to pair to quote Marcus Freeman. Um, CJ Carr was more straightforward, Knight more straightforward. Like you have to get some version of Minchie Knight Carr every year. Yes. Um, and then hope that one of them works out because one one of them will. And if they don't, you can go find Sam Hartman again. But just I like that Notre Dame's approach to recruiting quarterbacks has finally gotten away from what it was under Brian Kelly, where it was like, well, you know, we got, uh, we got Brandon Wimbush, so we don't need anybody this cycle. We'll get Phil Jakovic a year from now. Like the every other year I think is, it just doesn't make any sense. You know, your quarterback recruiting needs to look more like Ohio States. And I know Alabama is a disaster right now, but they have loaded up on quarterbacks 
the odds are one of them will pan out. Sometimes it doesn't, but if you sign a great quarterback every year, you're probably going to have a great quarterback on Saturday. Um, so sign one every year. Notre Dame's doing that. Yeah. And l- let me, let me clarify about night. Uh, I mean, I think his toolbox is, I think I, I use that term too much. I think he's really, really talented as well. It's just going to take a little longer for him to develop just because of where he is physically, but the length and uh, you know, I mean, he, you want we're talking about 16 year old kid that flicks his wrist and it goes 35 yards. I mean, he is just, he's got a, and and left-handers are always, they're they're throwing motions, just whether it's a left-handed pitcher or a left-handed quarterback, they're throwing motions just prettier to watch. Uh, And, and, and and so aesthetically it looks really good, but I, I, you know, I think he's got a lot of ability. It's just going to take a little, little longer question from let's go Irish 77 Nordin thus far has pressured the quarterback at a high rate, but hasn't hit home with sacks as much as you'd like to see will simply pressuring the quarterback be enough in this game and moving forward, or will they need to start getting more sacks? It's, it's up to McCord. If McCord handles pressure, uh, then it's not enough. If, if he panics a little bit during pressure, you like to see where those balls go. Uh, when it's second and 10, there's some pressure coming in and he unleashes one because third and 12 sacks are great, but second and 10 interceptions on bad throws and rush throws and, and a guy that's missing is is the most important thing. You just can't bank on them. They need a couple sacks, I think, in this game. And in obvious past situations, a couple sacks would go a long way. Yeah, I I agree. I think that, you know, the key for Notre Dame on Saturday night with the pass rush is it's confusion as much as it is pressure. I get Kyle McCord thinking like, I, I think we would agree Notre Dame has played one legitimate pass offense all year, right? Like in NC State, they it was all rush four, rush five. Um, I had Brendan Armstrong. He got rushed by six, seven times. He went two of seven for 25 yards and two picks. So they were getting pressure even though they weren't getting sacks. But they didn't drop eight at all. Um, I would have that as part of the game plan if I'm out gold. Like make Kyle McCord think as much as humanly possible um, because I think you can create pressure there by him hesitating as much as probably more successfully than you can create pressure by some whiz bang uh, rush scheme that Ohio state can't pick up or Jordan Batello or Jean Fonte Jean Baptiste winning a one-on-one like make McCord think like that's going to create pressure for himself. I think that's a great idea. I mean, drop eight makes a lot more sense because McCord's not as apt to run as, as Brennan Armstrong. He will, he's capable of running and and picking up a first down, but that's not exactly what he wants to do. And as far as do they need more sacks? I mean, you always want, yeah, you always want third and 18, you know, but, but if pressures lead to interceptions, that's even better. Yeah, I think against C.J. Stroud, you need sacks because if you pressure him and don't sack him, he's probably going to complete the pass. Yeah. That's I don't want to see that's like, point here. yeah, just like if you sack him, that means he's not throwing a desperation ball to Marvin Harrison 50 yards down the field, which I, I don't want to see happen because um, <clears throat> that doesn't feel like a 50-50 proposition to me. Um, so that's that's where sacks like ends the argument in a Mm -hmm. way that you probably needed it more Saturday than you would have against like Brendan Armstrong. If he throws a 50 yard, 50, 50 ball. Great. Like all for it. Um, Less so with McCord because of Harrison and Buka. Well, and if you look at from this standpoint that, you know, Notre Dame and Tim, you brought this up. I mean, Notre Dame did a nice job against Ohio state's passing game last year. Shouldn't they be able to do that with McCord as the quarterback? I know Harrison's or uh, uh, yeah, Harrison's, more developed and Ibuka's more developed. His numbers were virtually the same as Harrison's last year. But wouldn't you think that, you know what I'm saying? I mean, no, no I completely agree. Yeah. It's, and I, and I, we think we've brought it up before. CJ Stroud. When it, yeah. When it, when the game was on the line, Stroud. Well, no, but he made magic. That's different. I and mean, yeah. it was not, it was not hitting Harrison. They had, I mean, they not, I know they knocked out uh, Jackson Smith and Jigbo, but it, it was not, it was, I just don't that that's he did a great job in that game and people 
it was really weird to watch that game and realize how uh, effective Stroud was and then not watch as much Ohio State and hear all the Ohio State fans complaining about Stroud and then turn into the playoffs and go, uh-huh, see, told you that guy's really good. <laughs> he was fantastic in the playoff game. The one play that stands out is that third down completion along the yes. sideline where you thought there's oh. no way there, there's oh. no way they're going to complete this pass. I don't know if it was third and 16 or it was, eight. It was what? third and six. They got 12. It was awful. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, uh, so when I did that film study story with Jack Kaiser, like that wasn't one of the plays in, in it, but we talked about that play and he was just like, holy hell, we had the perfect call on for that. Like we had everything perfect. And you're just like, ah, oh, all right. Yeah. This guy's really good. Next question from Mr. Stuller. How concerned are you about the difference in coaching experience? It seems like this could be an X factor. No one is talking about it. I'm going to let Tim answer first because he might hearken back to two weeks ago. I, I do hearken back to two weeks ago when I harped on that while hearkening uh, <laughs> about the, the inexperience of Notre Dame's coaching staff against Dave Dorn and his group. And Notre Dame ended up way out coaching them. Um, so now you have, now you have Ryan Day. Um, calling the plays with with a new offensive coordinator and Brian Hartline and you have a you know a really good veteran defensive coordinator who you know you look back at last year they gave up 21 points a game a lot of that was I mean it went over 20 because of the Michigan game and the Georgia game in the playoffs yeah 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 right but uh I big again I'll say big game for Jared Parker no doubt about it but uh, my concerns about this question were much greater two weeks ago than they are right now. I would agree with that. Um, I thought the this coaching staff really proved something um, at NC State that should carry over on Saturday. And you know, Ohio State has a really good staff. I think Notre Dame has a really good staff. Yeah. So I, I think the coaching matchup here is even. Like if we were talking about you know, a college football playoff game where Ryan Day's been in a bunch of them and Marcus Freeman had, like, maybe there would be something that, but this is a regular season football game. Like, they both coached a bunch uh, of them. Yeah, I, I think it's an even matchup as well. The, the interesting thing is, like, last year in the game, it's separate from it being Marcus Freeman's first year and all that. Ohio State's coaching staff had an easier time, too. I mean, at some point during that game, they're punting on fourth and four from the 42, and you're like, you know why? Because they know Notre Dame can't possibly score. Like they were yep. able to go, they got into that game and thought, all right, well, now we know what we're doing. Notre Dame had to come up with something to adjust to everything that Ohio State could do for four quarters. Ohio State took about a quarter to realize, oh, all right, don't blow this and we should be fine. Yeah, and that, that is game, not the case for this game. Yeah, this game does not feel that way at all, unless no. Notre Dame can't run the football with any effectiveness. You and still then, have a hope, though. <laughs> you well, yeah, know. yeah. Well, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you still have Hartman to control the football. I get that, but. It, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm talking about coming up with a game plan that 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 gets you the win, that gets you more points than them. Uh, you need to be able to, obviously, you need, and I'm I'm really really looking forward to, and with some degree of confidence to to Jared Parker's play calling Saturday night. I just I got a I think there's a great vibe around Jared Parker right now. Hopefully that that feels the same way about 10:45 Saturday night. Question. I was just going to say, he's got so much. I was rewatching some of the game last year, and you think, like, all right, they're all, their passing game was banked on Tyler Buckner hitting Matt Salerno and then following up with a big gain to Kevin Ballman. Like, that's that's not going to work. Um, and Notre, <laughs> Notre Dame has evolved so much from that that, yeah, Jared Parker, he just has so many more tools to deal with than, than Reese did at this time last year. And that, and that you saying that reminded me of something I thought about during the week that I wanted to say. Chris Tyree is a better version of Lorenzo Styles. He's good. He's good for at least seven yards of receiving on Saturday. <laughs> question. All from, right, that's really funny, guys. <laughs> question from <laughs> question from Irish John M. If Notre Dame scores thirty or more points, do they win, or does the game then end up being a shootout and Notre Dame ends up on the losing end? Yeah, thir- first to thirty wins the thirty point. Well, only one team will score thirty if it's Notre Dame to win. I don't think we're going. I don't think. I don't think we are looking at 37, 35, 35, 34 at all. I I agree with you, Pete. What do you think about that? I think yeah, first to thirty wins is probably a, a yeah, safe way to look at I it. I like it. I like it. I, I it. I and and again, we know how quickly points can escalate 
Yeah, I mean, weird the, stuff happens. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But th- this game for me is clearly earmarked as an as an under. To Pete's previous point about how weird stuff has happened, let's put it this way: Notre Dame scored forty-seven points against Clemson. They didn't score an offensive point between the Kyron Williams run and the Avery Davis long play that set up his catch. They scored 47 points. So weird stuff can happen. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> but no it would doubt. be strange. I'll read this question. It's for you, T.O. Phil, 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 Phil underscore Fell. I heard Tim O'Malley on a separate 24-7 preview show indicating that the corners will stay as boundary and as field. Do you foresee Notre Dame continuing to use multiple blitz packages in order to put pressure on Kyle McCord. Would this put Cam Hart versus Marvin Harrison into more man coverage situations? I mean, you can certainly roll your coverage to help out with Harrison, but yeah. uh, and I would I, I would consider doing that. This is actually an old tactic of when you have a, a good corner like Cam Hart and a great receiver, you double there and you have Benjamin more. You would then trust Benjamin Morrison to go one on one. I really believe they are staying boundary field, though. I don't think it makes as much sense to have your best cover corner, in my opinion, Benjamin Morrison, following someone around to do anything jeopardizing what you normally do on defense. I think they like their defense. They like their corners. Sure, one corner is better than the other. That's all right. I think they just play. They play straight up in this. I would I would agree. I just I think you're sort of outsmarting yourself if you're trying to, like, have corners sprint from one side to the other. Um, I thought, O'Malley, your question of Freeman today was really good about like shorter shortening the rotation a little bit. Um, This is a game where I think you would just want to go good on good as much as humanly possible. Um, You know, but they had Notre Dame's pass scheme last year against Ohio state was great. Um, It's incredible to look back at that game and look at Ben. I wanted to see what Ben Morrison's first snap was, what happened on it. They they just put him in press coverage against Marvin Harrison Jr. <laughs> That's impressive, man. <laughs> and I don't want to make excuses for Cam Hart, but he did play the game hurt last year. Yes, I mean, Cam he Hart had was hamstring. It showed. Yeah. Um, you know, it's there was a play where I think it, it was a TD pass um, yeah. Yeah. where he just was like a little late, not quite as explosive as you would think. Getting to it, maybe it's a PBU if he is. Um, yeah, it's it's just a different. They just have a different set of circumstances than last year. They do. And to be fair to Marvin Harrison, he can beat a healthy Cam Hart as well. I'm not trying to say that is going to be the shutdown situation. Speaking of last year's game, here's some numbers. Uh, Both uh, Ibuka and Harrison were targeted 11 times each. Ibuka caught nine passes for 90 yards. He had 52 yards after the catch with a long of 31. Harrison was targeted, as I said, 11 times, caught five passes. For 56 yards, two yards after the catch with a long of 21. Sign me up for that. Touchdown. Touchdown, right, for Harrison. Uh, yeah. uh, no, touchdown for Abuka. Yeah. Oh, no, Harrison, touchdown for Abuka, right. Harrison, what did Harrison he, get hard on? Just he the right al- side one? He almost caught an over-the-shoulder That's diving right. yeah, out-of-bounds yeah. TD, yeah. which, like, I mean, I would – bank on him to catch but now i wouldn't bank on ohio state's quarterback being able to put the ball there so you so you guys would take that huh 22 (laughs) targets 22 targets 14 receptions 146 yards long of 31 one touchdown i mean that's a double digit win (laughs) well you still have to contain henderson you you do but that's 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 missing a lot of plays I mean, you're probably right. Nordame has not, of course, Nordame hasn't, as I said earlier, hasn't had a single digit loss. And we're talking about double digit wins. But that I asked the question, what would that, how would you feel about that? And you're probably 56 right. yards for Marvin Harrison is all I heard at the end of that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's insanity. Any Davis asks, what are the expectations for Jordan Botello Saturday night? Uh, I mean, what, what are we putting numbers on this? Uh, be I mean, a big play. I want one. I think a big play. A yeah, big, one big stuff, play. A big, a, yeah. Force a, a quarterback fumble. Uh, just, I mean, make them account for you. Make them account for you big time. We really haven't seen a bunch of that. And again, the NC State game, like I'm looking at our message board during the game and people are complaining about Batello and he's not doing anything. It wasn't. His role was to stay in his lane and not let let Armstrong get by him, and he played that role. I would think this is a little bit different. You need quarterback 
you need some quarterback pressure from him and JJB. And I think they, I think they have a decent chance of doing that against uh, this offensive line, but I think it also, it requires the timely blitzes from the, the second level of the linebackers, I think, to probably get any kind of consistent pressure on McCord. This uh, probably sounds counterintuitive, um, but like I don't have any expectations for Jordan Patel anymore, whereas when he was a lesser player, my expectations would be like, all right, on third and 12, if you can get one pressure, that would be great. Like, That's a good point. I think he's just like he's a quality every down defensive lineman now, and that just so play quality defensive line every down. Um, the pl- the plays will come to him. The plays will happen. Um, but I don't have like specific expectations anymore. Just yeah. I, you know, the whole idea of just do your job. It took four years yeah. for Patello to learn to just do your job, and everybody will be will be pleased. The coaching staff certainly will be pleased with what you do, and go ahead and mix in a couple sacks if you'd like, but. Uh, he's playing a he's playing a very valuable role for this defensive line right now. You keep adding stats to uh, Marvin Harrison getting 56 yards and Jordan Patello getting a forced fumble and a couple sacks if you'd like. I'm going to maintain my 10 point win situation here pretty soon. I, These I are all pointing to good things. <laughs> uh, one sack plus a, a, a strip sack. Yeah, How about that. That's Maybe you pick up a fumble like Jeremiah oh, oh, Carmo, he'll score. It's fine. <laughs> block another punt for a touchdown, just like last time. Yeah, Question for Martin Evenflo. If not now, when? This is is this Notre Dame's best opportunity to defeat Ohio State in the past five matchups. I mean, he stole my prediction first line. If not now, when? Right there. That's it is their best chance. Um, if you're trying to not do revisionist history in 05, I mean, I thought Ohio State would win the game, but we all felt Notre Dame had a fine chance to win that. Notre Dame was a great offense in 05, and they just they weren't as good as Ohio State. When as a, after forty, after sixty minutes, you realize they weren't as good. But I didn't, I didn't think it was gonna. They were gonna give up five hundred yards going into the game. That I, I can't recall thinking yeah. that about that Notre Dame team. And then, I mean, and then they did. Like, yeah, but we know that now. That's the, yeah, yeah. They have three first round picks, a receiver, and a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. This is a, a better chance than that year, though, right? Home game with oh no, yeah, yeah, yep. yes. 100%. So, yeah. I mean, it just like Notre Dame has a defense now. And I, Brady Quinn was on Notre Dame's sort of like Wake Up the Echoes podcast that they do. And I mean, he talked about how, like, when he was at Notre Dame, they played Ohio State. It didn't, you didn't feel like Notre Dame had a balanced team. Like they could nah. score it, but there was nobody on that defense that you were like, oh, well, they're, they're going to, they have a chance to shut you down. Um, this team feels much, much different defensively. Quarterback matchups in the previous five. Yeah. Stroud, Stroud versus Buckner, of course, which is um, horrible. Mismatch. <laughs> it's just insane right there. <laughs> uh, JT Barrett and, and Deshaun Kaiser. Troy Smith versus Brady Quinn, which is a really, really interesting matchup. Stanley Jackson played the, the 96 game against Paulus. Mm-hmm. And then Brian Hoying, who spent more time in the NFL than I ever imagined against Paulison in 95. Yeah, Bobby Hoying had uh, some talent around him on that team with Eddie George, Ricky Dudley, Terry Glenn, and everything else in Orlando Pace. So they had some players. Um, yeah. I would say back then, though, Tim, you didn't really go cover Notre Dame game in 95. You knew Ohio State was the best team in the country, probably. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just, I'm just throwing No, but out. you thought oh, Notre Dame could win because they were Notre Dame back then. That was... Yeah. That was the program. Right. You brought your program when you traveled back then. Yeah, it was starting to fade past that, yeah. that sweet spot of 88 to 93, which was, wish you guys could have experienced that with me because it was awesome. Uh, it was a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, no, I just thought I'd throw those out. I threw that in Thursday thoughts today because we, we when you're talking about, you know, McCord versus Hartman, that's not nearly as one-sided as Straub versus Buckner. But it is still one-sided, and you need to make a young quarterback play young on Saturday. Uh, on a related note, ACC TG Teach. You've all covered big games as journalists. What's the biggest game you've attended as a fan in Notre Dame Stadium? Goes back to Priester's question, because the three biggest games I've ever attended, I was a fan of Notre Dame Stadium. Notre Dame 88, Notre Dame 93, and Notre Dame 05. And they're so big, I don't need to say the components. Yeah. Uh, Pete, I... I've, I've attended one game in Notre Dame Stadium as a fan. Um, 
was and Arnaz Battle broke yeah. his wrist. Is that what happened? Was that the one? What's that? Did Arnaz Battle break his wrist? Is that the one? What do you uh, No. Did that happen against Texas A&M? Oh, that was your first uh, covered game, right? Oh, uh, yeah, that was before I was on the beat at all. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah, 2000 was the only time that I've been in the stands just like not working. Um, so I guess that's it. But I think to to honor the question, um, I mean, the USC game in 2005, and like I'm sure every radio show you guys have gone on, you've got the same question I do, is like, this is the biggest game since what? Um, and I think that there's a pretty reasonable argument to make this is the biggest game since 2005 USC. Clemson 2020 is the biggest one. They're undefeated and undefeated. I'm saying this could surpass that. That was a pretty big deal that time of year. Well, I mean, it, it was a massive oh, deal. I do think this win would – I do think it would – because it's Ohio State, it's just – Like, it's that just, was a big game. I know Clemson was great. <laughs> trying to give Ohio State Trevor Lawrence in a rematch, then I agree. It surpasses it. <laughs> I mean, that's part of it, though. Like, there was no Trevor Lawrence – it was COVID, so you didn't have like all the other stuff, which like yeah. it's college football. All the other stuff really matters. Um, and so I that's like all the other stuff with USC. Like the USC game wasn't just big because the game was like insane. It was everything else that went with it. And I feel like yeah. this is a weekend that has a lot of the everything else. As long as we're not comparing it to USC, I'm okay with that. I can't, I can't man, like nothing could be that big. I'm, try, I'm trying for to like game out like what would have to happen this weekend for me to be like, well, that was crazier than 05 USC. And right. I just can't, I don't, I don't want to think about it. I mean, that the hatred that the, that the nation, the, the whole, that's the last time everyone in the country rooted for Notre Dame other than you, other than the <laughs> opponent's fans. <laughs> that is the last yeah. time. There yeah. was not a human being watching that game that didn't like Notre Dame, that didn't pull for Notre Dame in that game against that USC powerhouse at that point. And that's it since forever. Done. Yeah. Uh, I've got two games. The uh the real green jersey game in, in 77. And we've That's talked about my, we talked about how I felt that day uh from the previous night. But uh yeah, that was against USC. And then I was I I was 10 years old when we went we went to the cotton bowl, the 1970 season of the 1971 cotton bowl, and Texas had won 30 in a row, and Notre Dame beat them 24 to 11. Those would be my those would be my two two biggest games. Um, as I mean, I, I guess my biggest one, would, if you, if it's not Notre Dame Stadium, my biggest one would be the national championship game in the Fiesta Bowl. But Miami still felt better than that. I was trying to go back to look to see how old I was at the time of the original G- Green Jersey game. I was uh, seventeen days old. <laughs> <laughs> so what'd you think? I, you know, I, not, I don't remember a lot. 17 days old. I probably had a rough night the night before, too. Just I was 17 days old. And I had 17 beers the night before. The yeah. Game. That's in, in honor of Pete. I thought the original Green Jersey game was the uh, BC game in 2002. <sighs> I never cared for that color green jersey. That was, that no cooler. I did not like that. And they fumbled like 13 times or something. Yeah. In that game. Question from Mr. Joe Seiler. Who would you pick for the game day guest picker? Game day, of course, at Notre Dame. Tomorrow, setting up today, I think. Hey, go ahead. Um, I mean, I, I re- there seems to be some groundswell for Taylor Swift, which would be amazing, but impossible. Um, I know that my 13-year-old daughter is excited about that. Even <laughs> I'm going to say, I have to change all of my plans on Saturday if Taylor Swift ends up coming, because I'm going to have to go to Valparaiso, pick up my kids, bring them back, drive them. It's right. going to be tough. So, yeah, yeah just it's, it's too much work. So, um, but I mean, look, that would be... If you want to sort of own college football for a day, um, that would be a way to do it. Yeah. Mine's a little bit more football related. Tim, yeah. do you have somebody in mind? No, um, I don't care at all. Well, so I will say, say, uh, I'm going to say, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, uh, that'd be great. Go ahead. Who's yours? Manti Teo. That'd be fun. He just may show up Saturday. That would be That's, a... He would need less security than Taylor Swift, too. So I think it'd yeah, be that would be a big one. You don't have anybody in mind, Tim? Uh, I don't mind the Dean Norris idea. That'd be kind of fun. South Bend zone. Oh. Could be Obi. Obi would be pretty cool. Yeah, that would be <laughs> awesome. He so when does he how does Notre Dame do this correctly? Where when do they first show him to make it oh, right? Oh, I no, you draw it out, you wait. 
or I think so too. I think you got to wait. Yeah, you got to wait. He also needs to have like about twenty-seven LED wristbands. Yes. Yeah. 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 So you need to draw that out, and you have to like let him know probably what's going on. Part of it was it was he on? I'm I'm mixing up seeing him in person and doing tail of tape. And was he on TV? Did they show him in the? Because maybe most people oh, because we saw him so much on the screen. There was a, a a still shot of I think uh, I think it was WSBT's like sort of highlights of the game, and they showed him in the stands. Yeah, um, but, I mean, like but it was just like a random shot. It wasn't. We're talking about he's a student. Is he, he yep. is a student yep. in Notre Dame? Yes, he's a junior. Dad. He was a he was a prominent part of the game on Saturday. And they kept going back to him and kept going back to him. And by the end of by the end of the game, he was he was quite well known. I don't think that that's the direction that they'll go, but we will definitely for a picker. But we will definitely see Obi. Uh, oh yeah, there, in the stadium. There is no chance for me to ever bring this up, Tim. So I have to go on the segue right now. Do you remember the surfer from the mid '80s? Oh yeah, basketball Notre Dame. Oh yeah, that, absolutely. That that, that's he, the best. That's the best student to ever that be. Was, that was great. The, he had that. He had. I'm not going to try to imitate, but he had a little tune that went with his yes, yes. his movement, and it was fantastic. It was tremendous, tremendous. A little more fun to close things out, and then we'll get to our predictions from gr irish fan 22 if Nordin wins this game does sam hartman overtake father pete mccormick as most popular man on campus amongst the student body yeah probably probably there's a video again for people across the country there's a video that they always show during a home game and uh and father pete mccormick appears several times in that video and the student body always uh, makes a point of cheering as soon as Father Pete is seen. So, Sam Hartman, yeah, man, they'll uh, everybody will know Steez at that point. Well, I mean, I think Obi kind of jumped Pete McCormick last weekend uh, in terms of yeah. fan reaction. So, it's, it's healthy competition. Um, they're, they're building depth. This is this is what unit strength looks like for a fan base. Uh, yeah, I mean, Sam Hartman, he's got his own shirt on home field. Um, that is, I think, a genius NIL thing to like strike while the iron's hot. And if they win this weekend, um, that stuff is going to take off. Like then I know some people want to talk about like Heisman, yada, yada. Like if you get through this weekend, you can at least start to have that conversation. No doubt. No doubt. Let me ask this question. Another horrible segue. Can you imagine Sam Hartman not getting paid for doing these things? Those people that don't like NIL, how ridiculous that is. You can't pay a guy for that. What? Um, yeah. Now think about your old feelings about you. Oh, you can't pay a guy for a student. Of course you can. <laughs> You're dead. Anyway. It's, it's here to stay. It's here to stay. Okay, fellas, predictions. Uh I gotta go first. Um I custom. Yes. So I'd like Notre Dame, not a lot, but I like Notre Dame to win the game. I, I do want to see Sam Hartman go through warm-ups just to see he's good. Um, you know, he had a little bit of a, a, what's a knee sleeve on in practice on Tuesday, uh, when we were out there waiting for interviews. So I just would like to see that. I see a Sam Hartman winging it all over the place in warmups. I like Notre Dame 28, 24. I think they'll figure out how to scheme around some issues with their Notre Dame's interior offensive line. I think Hart and Morrison will play really well. Uh, I don't think McCord will. And I, I said it at the beginning of the show. I think O'Malley's going to say it after me. If not now, when? Um, I think the answer is now. Yeah, I have one of those things where what you said, Pete, about you like Notre Dame to win, you just don't like Notre Dame to win all that much. Uh, you didn't mean by much. You meant you're not going to put a whole lot of money on Notre Dame winning it, football games. No, I mean, it's one of those things like I think we're all going to pick the same team to win, and this is not a game that should have a unanimous right. pick, right? So Does all that make of this... Sense? All of this and all the buildup and all the oh the feeling of if not now when is a, such a dangerous thing for a football program. But I do yeah, think I don't really right. like that expression, but I understand why people use it. Yeah, it's uh there's a lot to like about Notre Dame in this game. And actually Pete's point about McCord goes into my prediction. I am Notre Dame 27-26. I'm not just trying to make a one point under like I was last week with the 42 to 8. Uh I really mean <laughs> I think Notre Dame's and I think I think there'll be yards, and I think Notre Dame will rise up and make them kick some field goals. Like in other words, 
the absolute uh, weakness of last season will not be a weakness in this game where you can't keep Ohio State from moving the ball, but you can't stop McCord from finishing off drives with seven instead of three. So I put yep. like four field goals in there. I'm sure it'll be three field goals instead. So maybe I did massage my score a little bit there, but I'm doing 27, 26 Notre Dame. Well, my pick's the under 55 and a half. Uh, and in, in, in our fighting average preview tomorrow, I'll have the score, but um, yeah, I think it's a great game. I, I, I think Notre Dame is in a excellent position to win this football game. Tim, what, what do you got? I had a question for you since you're not making a prediction, obviously. Okay. Okay. Do you think a member of the media that publishes his score that covers Notre Dame, so I don't think the South Bend Tribune can do that, right? Do you think a member of the media will pick Ohio State of the Notre Dame media, the people that cover Notre Dame? I don't think so. And that's amazing really? to me. Who who I, do you think will? Well, I, not, I, not who, not who's, but let's say you think one person will that actually publishes their picks that works for the outlets are, you know. No, I agree. I, I agree with you. I mean, I know one outlet that has like five or six predictions and they've all picked Notre Dame. I don't know about anybody else. I'm trying I, to think I, of our site. I don't think our site. I, I mean, some picked NC State, right? I, not that I know of, but maybe. Not our not our site, but. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it's a good point. I think you're probably right. That 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 is the over overwhelming opinion now that if not now when it no it's going to be now that's i will take a poll at this and not publish it at the press box so they don't unless they want to publish yeah. it no. yeah well um we are going to I, I know people are now familiar with our iris illustrated overtime um post-game podcast that we do on uh youtube we are going to be doing something a little bit different this week we're going to have uh iris illustrated pregame uh on uh on YouTube, uh, just trying to tap into the excitement here from the weekend. So look for that. In addition to that, of course, we'll have the fighting average preview tomorrow, the staff predictions, who and what to watch pregame, all the stuff that we stuff on our website for, for any game, but especially number nine, Notre Dame hosting number six, Ohio state until then, Tim Priester, Tim O'Malley, Pete Sampson. This has been Irish illustrated insider. 